Let's remain in that attitude of prayer. You can be seated if you'd like to. It's been so good to be reminded, Father, that you are in control. You're the one who's bringing everything under your under your feet, under the feet of your Son, Jesus Christ. That's where our hope is. Let's just bring our concerns, the concerns of this world, the concerns of people in our community before the Lord, and just invite you to join with me as I pray. Lord God, you are the King of all the universe. You are the creator of the whole universe. It says in the Psalms, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the fullness thereof, nothing, nothing exists that you are not over, you are not Lord of. And because of that, we can come to you and know that you will hear our prayers. You will bring justice where justice needs to be. You will bring healing when healing needs to be. And you will bring us through and you will help us persevere when we don't see what we want to see happen because we know you are Lord over all. Let's just spend a couple little moment just meditating on that just bring what is in the forefront of your mind that you are worried about it might be something little it might be something huge let's bring it before the lord lord we pray for our world we pray for places where there is war and unrest and people are fleeing for their lives and not even having time to mourn the loss of loved ones. We ask that you would bring about miracles in those places, places where maybe your word has not flourished, that it would flourish, that people would actually notice what you're doing among them in the middle of the tragedy. And Lord, we pray for peace, we pray an end to this evil that is in so many places in the world, particularly the ones that have been on our minds has been in the Ukraine because it's been in the news, but we know there's much more going on in the world, Lord. We just honour you as Lord over all and just feel the pain and um, stand with those who are suffering at this time and ask that you intervene in Jesus' name. Lord, for people in our community who are going through difficult times, I know of where there are among us some who've had uh, difficult health issues at the moment, some who've had ongoing health issues for many, many years, um, people who are suffering with broken relationships and difficulties there. Lord, we ask for your intervention and your healing and your reconciliation for those people. And we pray for ourselves that you would do a deep work in our hearts that we would be changed to be more like Jesus. Forgive us for when we do not listen to you, we do not obey you, we turn the other way. I know I do so many times every day. Thank you for your grace and forgiveness. Lord, you will bring us out of our selfishness 
and you will put us on a path where we can see other people and their needs before our own. We trust that you can do this by your spirit. We ask that you would do that in us and use the words that Sam preaches today to do that work. Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Oh, that's, there we go. That's better. I, we're praying out, um, the team were praying before the church, and I, I just got a real sense that the Lord just wants to stir up faith in this place today, to stir up faith. But I get this sense that there's this uh, um, leftover late night, perhaps, or we're still digesting this morning's breakfast, or something, something's going on where there's just a lethargicness. So can we stand before we get going? Can you repeat after me, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I believe in the Father. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Have a bit of a shake. That's good. You can sit down now. I want to speak this morning on building a long-lasting faith. I think everyone here would agree that we, we desire to have a faith not, not only that is strong but it is long-lasting, that it will endure the uh, things that are storms of life that are inevitable and that are going to come our way. So I want to look at, at building a long-lasting faith. And this is part of our making a difference. I think... As I've said the last couple of weeks, one of the biggest differences that we can make in our lives is to take hold of the truth that we're being transformed into Christ-likeness every day. More and more, increasingly, you and I are being transformed into Christ's likeness. And that's part of growing spiritually. So this message this morning is about how we grow spiritually and how we grow in our faith. How, how, um, remember I talked about, say, say the wall is like the, the goal of what, what God has for you and I in, in, in transforming us. And if, if we can just take one step towards that this morning, uh, then we'll be growing spiritually in our walk with him and in our transformation into being made into his likeness. Now, a couple of years ago, I uh, built a chicken coop for our, our family, we've got some chickens, and I was pretty proud of the fact that I was able to construct this chicken coop basically with hard rubbish. Um, and I've got a picture of it here. I had to search through my phone last night for hours and hours to try and fi- find a picture of it because it's no longer there. Um, and, and there was a pallet of wood I found on the side of the road. There was some tin uh, iron on the side of the road. Uh, there was an A-frame of, you know, those Hills swing sets? Um, they're still going. Um, so the only thing I bought to make, make this chicken coop was the chicken wire. And I knew that, you know, the thing you got to do is protect the chickens. So I wrapped that chicken coop in, in wire. So it went under, under the ground as well. And we had that for a, for a number of years. Um, but there was a deficiency in the chicken coop. And, and that was I didn't realise that foxes can chew through chicken wire. <laughs> And after a couple of years, unbeknownst to me, around the back, 
foxes had got underneath and they dug under and they chewed through the chicken wire. And there was one day I found a chicken on the front lawn. I'm like, I'm sure I put that in last night. <laughs> How did that get there? And then the next night the same thing happened again and, and I discovered that there was this hole. So I've pulled down that chicken coop and we've started to construct chicken coop 2.0. And the good thing about this chicken coop is it's going to have a concrete floor. It's going to have reinforced steel mesh and a concrete about this thick because there's no way I'm going to let those chickens get through. When we construct a building, it's important that we have a strong foundation, isn't it? I think about that Jesus talked about the wise and the foolish builders, the ones that build their life in the sand and built their life on on the rock. And as I build this chicken coop, I want it to have a strong foundation. I want it to be built properly this time. Uh, well, there's a, a modern-day story of builders who didn't build with a strong foundation. Uh, many of you would know this wonderful tourist attraction. It's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's in the town of Pisa in Italy. And it's well-known because of its architecture. No, is it well-known because of its colour? Is it well known because of its height? There's actually other towers that look very similar to this scattered across the land, but it's well known because it it leans. It's actually another reason why it's well known. It's probably the most common place that people use um, forced perspective in, in photographs. If you don't know what I mean, it's uh, where, where you make it look like something in the background is is contact contacting with the in the foreground so I've got a couple of examples here of how people like to use the leaning tower of Pisa to to make them feel themselves big on social media or something I don't know um, I happen to like the ice cream one I think that's very clever and uh, I don't know if this guy meant to do this or if someone just took it because it just lined up perfectly but I thought that was a good one as well but the the, the leaning tower of Pisa is famous because it leans. Now, do you know the experts say that this tower is going to fall? It's, it's inevitable. There's nothing to stop it because of the way it was built. They can, they can do some things to, to, to prevent it for a little while. But experts um, uh, in, the, in, the, in the early 1990s or something, they said it was going to fall in 2007. And so they did some work in sort of pulling the, 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 the tower back to its, um, the point where it was, uh, in 1800 and something. So it's leaning because from the very outset of its inception, from its construction, it began to lean one twentieth of an inch every year. So every year, it would just lean a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more to the point now where it's 17 foot out of plumb. So plumb means like the straight, if it's supposed to be there, 17 foot. Now I worked that out. It's If I'm standing here, that wall away, this is where it's supposed to be and that's how far it leans. Now I have a question for you. Do you want your life to resemble some sort of freaky tourist attraction that's leaning over and inevitably is going to fall over? Or do you want your life to resemble something that is strong, enduring, that is long-lasting and that is stable? Do you want your life to resemble Chicken Coop 1.0 
that has some deficiencies and allows predators to get in and it not be secure and safe? Or do you want your life to resemble Chicken Coop 2.0 that has a strong foundation, that is built correctly and that will last a long time? Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the backdrop of building correctly, perhaps not like those ancient Roman uh, builders of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And in the Bible, we see constantly this idea of building. Uh, I talked about the wise and foolish builders is, is one example. And here in, in Peter, in the second uh, writings of Peter, we, we see another one. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn uh, to 2 Peter chapter 1, and keep it open because we're going to be looking at this passage uh, over this week and next week as we unpack this passage. And I want to talk about it as if we're building a structure. What does it mean when we build a structure properly and in the idea that we want our lives to resemble a strong structure? So let's just um, read this together. 2 Peter Chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. So he's writing to the church. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from falling over. I mean, sorry. They will keep you from being uh, ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is Chicken Point Coop 1.0, and they are nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Building. I want to ask you another question. Are you growing up, or are you just growing old? It's Dan's birthday today. Happy birthday, Dan. An example of the fact that there is nothing we can do about the fact that we are growing old. That is something that happens. But there is a difference between growing old and growing up. Um, on, on social media this week, there was this story about how uh, the actor Ben Stiller was at a tennis um, match with Nick Kurios, the Australian. And, and this picture came up, and our sort of looked at Ben Stiller and I was like, that's not him. Because in my mind, Ben Stiller looks like this. 
And yet, that is actually how Ben Stiller looks these days. It's a reminder, isn't it, that we are growing old and that that's just inevitable. But there's a difference between growing old and growing up. Um, Now, this might sound funny coming from me because my wife calls me Peter Pan because I don't want to ever grow up. (laughs) But part of growing up is becoming mature. It is um, this sense of taking on responsibility and becoming mature. Now, I caught up with a a young man this week uh, for lunch, um, and he was part of the youth group when I first came here to the church, and he came from a very interesting, different, hard background, and I wondered whether he would ever grow up. Um, but having caught up with him this week, I was so proud of the fact that he was out of home and he was thinking about building a house and he had a full-time job. And I was like, far out. This kid has grown up. He's matured. He's taking on responsibility. So growth is a part of our life. When we, whenever there's birth, there is, is growth. And we go through the mess of having children the, the, the toilet training, the, the feeding them, because we know that eventually they're going to mature, eventually they're going to become uh, responsible adults. And so it is with a Christian life. It begins with birth, we are born again, and it continues with development. It continues with growth, it continues with maturity. And so I want to look at this passage as principles to spiritual growth, as we want to build a long-lasting faith, what are the principles to spiritual growth? I'm going to do two out of the passage this week, and next week we're going to look at another two. But before we get to the passage, uh, there's just two overarching principles about spiritual growth that I want to, to get across and that will just underpin everything. And that is this, your spiritual growth has nothing to do with your physical age. Talked about Ben Stiller before. Um, You, your spiritual growth has nothing to do with your physical age. Charles Spurgeon once said that there were 70-year-old infants in the church. You can be of 70-year-old years old and yet still be spiritually immature. Or you could be a young 16-year-old who spiritually overtakes. Now, I was a late spiritual bloomer, I have to admit. Uh, my, my peers in youth group had this strong faith and I was just a bit loose with mine and a bit rebellious and I just loved having fun. And it was only later on that my spiritual growth caught up with, well, I hope, <laughs> my physical age growth. So your spiritual growth has nothing to do with your physical age. And secondly, you can grow spiritually as much as you want to. There is an intention behind spiritual growth. Growing physically is inevitable. There's nothing we can do about it. It just happens. But spiritual growth is intentional. And we can grow as much as we desire or hunger for. And so my prayer this morning that as you listen, as we unpack, 
and uncover what it means to have a long-lasting faith, to grow spiritually, that you'd be hungry for it, that you'd be uh, intentionally taking on uh, the words of the Apostle Peter. So number one, we receive our faith. That's verse 1 and 2 of, of this, this passage in Peter. One, verse 1 and 2, Peter talks about we have received as a gift our faith in Jesus Christ. And then verse 3 to 11 is how we grow and how we foster that faith, how we put legs on that faith, how we action that faith. So that's our introduction. How do we build a long-lasting, permanent structure of faith that will weather the storms or the fox attacks or the leaning towers? Peter gives some some insights. Number one, you need the right investor. If we're going to build some sort of a structure, we often need an investor to, to back up that building. We need the right investor. We need someone to bankroll this project. We need someone to have our back. Now, I want to declare that our Lord is not only interested in you, but he's invested in you. He's invested his son into seeing you grow and reach your full potential. So God gives you and I the gift of salvation, and that's a given. That's a start. That's the foundation That's the concrete slab. We are saved by Christ. And then God goes on to say that he has given us two things as an investor. There are two things in this passage that the investor gives. There are power and there are promises. God has the power and God has the promises as he invests in you and I to grow spiritually. Let's look at verse 3. It says, his divine power, not your power, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. He has invested that power in you and I through the knowledge of him. Have you ever thought what divine power can do? Divine power can create the universe. Divine power can heal the sick. Divine power can raise the dead. And you and I can grow as much as we want because we have access to that divine power that is in you and that is in me. It's like a battery that never goes out. Now, I've got kids and quite often I'll go out to the car and see that the door has been left slightly ajar. Has anyone ever had this experience? And you notice that the interior light is on. And it's been on all night. And so you go to turn it on and it goes out because the battery has only so much capacity in it and it can only hold a certain amount of charge. But God's power is unlimited. God's power never runs out. God's power has been invested into you to enable you to grow and you have access to that power. Isn't that an amazing thing? And so this power is in you for your spiritual growth. And this is what the, the, the Apostle Paul had the same uh, concept when he talked in, in Philippians. He says, um, I can do all things, we know this verse, in Christ who 
strengthens me. That word strengthens me is who puts his power in me. What are the next verses of that? Anyone? Because it's his, he is in me to will and to act, to bring about his good pleasure. So it is God that is willing and acting, but it's his power in us. So what does God expect you to attempt, he enables you to do by that same power? The second qualification as an investor is the promises, and this is in verse 4. Through these things, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that, you can, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Now, if you are building a structure, you need an investor who is going to write the checks. It's going to bankroll it, right? So the checks are a bit like the promises. Now, you can't do anything with the promises with a check until you take it to the bank and you cash it. So the money in the bank is the power. The check that is written is the promises. Now, a promise is only as good as the person who gives the promise. You might be have been promised something by somebody, and if their character isn't up to it, they don't live up to that promise. You can make a promise, but if you don't have the power to back it up, what good is it? So I could write you a check this morning after church for a million dollars. You could take that to the bank, and the bank would say, good luck with that one. Because I don't have the power. I don't have the, the thing in the, the, the bank to, to back it up. But what I want to say to you this morning is that there are so many investors with promises for your life to grow and to make a difference in your life, but they don't have the power. There is investors of financial security, of of personal pleasures, of of moral excellence, of self-help. There are all sorts of investors out there who, who promise the world yet they don't have the power to back it up. Our God has both the promises and the power. So if you, he has promised that we can escape our old life and grow in maturity. So we take the promises that he has and we apply it to our lives. We put legs on it. We cast the check. And they are great promises. They are great and precious promises because we have a great and precious God who has great and wonderful things for you and I. God has promised amazing things for you in your life. And some of you perhaps haven't yet cashed the check. Maybe you've been looking at your own power. You look at the promise to become or to grow become spiritually mature, to have a faith that is strong, and you go, it's up to me to work that out. I'm going to go to my bank. God has put the power in you, his divine power, for you to cash that, those promises and start walking in those promises, to start applying those promises to your life. And each and every one of you has particular personal promises, but there are also general promises of the disciple who walks his life with Christ. 
So number one, we've got to get the right investor, getting the picture of building some sort of structure. Secondly, we need to follow the building code. Now, uh, we built this deck out the back here at church, and as part of doing that, uh, you needed to submit the plans to council and you know the the railing has to be a certain height for safety the the slope of the stairs have to be a certain angle uh, the footings have to be so deep for how high it is you have to have the right thickness of wood for the span and all of these codes have been uh, discovered because you know people fall off things or because the footings at the leaning tower of Pisa weren't strong enough to hold up that structure. And so we have these codes uh, or, or blueprints, if you like, of following um, something when we, when we build something. And it's the same uh, in our lives. Now, there's a really interesting part in this passage of Scripture. For this very reason, we make every effort to add to your faith. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read something like that, my, my little saved by grace uh, antennas prick up and I go, ooh, hang on a minute, this, this looks very worksy to me. I've, I've got I've to add something. I've got to add to my faith. Some, but, but we're saved by grace. He's given us everything that we need for salvation. What, what is there to, how do you add something to everything? Everything's been given. So what do you mean, add? We have been given salvation. We have received this as a gift, undeserved, saved by grace, through faith in him. Then our investor wants us to grow in that faith. He wants us to outwork that faith. He wants us to strengthen that faith. And that is where you and I join in. The answer to spiritual growth is that it takes cooperation. It takes cooperation. We must cooperate with God's operation. I reckon if you or I wrote this passage of Scripture, we would say, you know, we've received the faith in Christ and then we just sit back under a tree and enjoy life for the rest of our lives and enjoy the goodness of God as he blesses us and, and that's it. I mean, that's, that's probably how, how I would write it. But the Apostle Paul and other writers say, no, as we receive this faith, it is a precious gift. Outwork it. Paul says, work out your salvation, for it is God who has, wants to will and act. That's the end of that passage. So we cooperate. And look at the language. It says, make every effort. The, the word there means uh, due diligence or intensively exerting yourself. That doesn't mean just laying under a tree, does it? Intensively exerting yourself, make every effort, be involved in adding to your faith. Don't just sit back and watch it happen, but be involved. Because spiritual growth is never accidental. Spiritual growth is always 
intentional. So, I was still puzzling over this idea um, as I was preparing this week, and I was, I was thinking, how can we illustrate this? What, how can we give an example of, of what it means to, that, that God has given us everything, yet we, we cooperate uh, as we, we grow spiritually? And um, my, my kids, we, we got a, a, a new piano for our, our kids this week, um, and they were talking about John Williams and how it's amazing that John Williams has composed so many amazing scores for, for movies. He's done Star Wars, he's done Harry Potter, he's done um, uh, Forrest Gump, Indiana Jones, uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Um, oh, was it? Oh, I thought it was. Anyway, um, John Williams has wrote, written these amazing scores. So John Williams, as the author has given everything that is needed for these amazing pieces of music to come alive. So there's the notes, there's the cadence, there's the up and down, there's the tempo. All of that has been given and written out. Yet it takes the orchestra to actually play those notes and to come together to actually bring life and, and, to, and to give it a voice. And that's the same here, and it's the same idea that we we have we follow the building code. And so let's look at some of these these building codes, these ingredients, if you like. And the, these these are the things on the structures, like you know windows and doors and and architraves and things like that. He says, add add to your faith goodness. Some of your translations might say virtue there or, or moral excellence. As, as we add that to our faith, and then it says add knowledge. The Greek word there is epignosis, which is expert knowledge. Not just, yeah, I'm aware of it, but add that professor's expert knowledge of his word and his life in you. Add to that self-control. Now, I think, and personally, there's often a gap between what we know and what we do, isn't there? That's why we say to our kids, <laughs> do what I say, not what I do. There's often a big gap between what we know and what we do, and I think self-control is one of the things that bridges that gap. The Greek word there for self-control is that which an athlete would 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 say no to certain foods or exercise in a particular way in order to win the race, which goes on to the next one, perseverance. Um, uh, Nadine read from Hebrews this morning that we would run the race with perseverance. The kids are looking at that right as we speak. To bear up under trial or difficult circumstances, we would say to one another, hang in there. Now, I think this is on the list probably one of the, the, the biggest things that we can do in having a long-lasting faith is to persevere, to just keep going. Because sometimes we f- feel like not keeping on going, am I right? Sometimes there's stuff in our lives that happen that knock us down, that cut us down, that make it hard to go on. 
but add to your faith perseverance and you will find a long-lasting faith. Keep rocking up to church when you don't feel like it. Keep opening the word. Keep praying. Keep persevering. Add to that perseverance godliness or godlikeness. Add to that uh, mutual affection. Some of your translations would say brotherly kindness. And add to that love. This type of love is, is agape, um, agape love, sacrificial love. So seven features to the building to make it stable and long-lasting. And let's not just look at this list like a, like a pick and choose. If you're building a, building a house, you go, well, I'll have, I'll have the, uh, the nice wooden sash windows rather than the plain aluminium ones. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll add a bit of kindness because I'm good at that, but the self-control bit, no, I'll go without, I'll go without the nice architraves. <laughs> let's not look at this as a pick and choose. Look at it this way. One will lead to the other. As you are intentional in adding to your faith, as you're intentional in living out your faith, add to it goodness. And as you are good, you become aware and knowledgeable of God's ways. And as you add that knowledge you become more self-aware and self-controlled. And as you're self-controlled, in, in the, under the weight, you're able to persevere. And as you persevere, you become more Christ-like. You're transformed more into his likeness, into God-likeness. And out of that, you're able to care and love for the people around you to the point where you sacrifice in the same way that Christ sacrificed his life for you. And we grow spiritually. Allow it to roll on. Next week, I want to look at two more principles in building a long-lasting faith. But to end, I just want to go back to this idea of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Does anyone know what PISA actually stands for? It actually stands for marshy ground. <laughs> it's actually what, what it means. The, the, the place they, they knew that PISA, the area, was marshy ground. And yet the builders, having known that it was marshy ground, built this structure, but its foundation was not strong enough to support it, and the marshy ground has, has caused it to lean. I want to end with this thought. Pisa is going to fall. It's inevitable. They, they say it's now going to fall in, because they've done some work to it, in 2300. That's when they're saying it's going to fall. You might say, well, I've looked at the building code uh, I've looked at the, the investor that is, that is put into me and, hey, I've got that. I've got kindness in my life. I've got self-control. I've got brotherly love. If it's not built on the firm foundation of Christ, 
even as beautiful as this structure is, it's going to fall. There might be one or two of you this morning who have yet to say, Jesus is Lord. I want to make him the firm foundation in my life. I want to build a life that is long-lasting, that is going to make it to the end. I want to give up building upon my own power, my own self. I want to have Jesus as my solid rock. There might be an opportunity for you in a moment as we pray and as we, as we close for you personally to go, hey, I want a life that's going to last. But I'm aware that my foundation is a bit shaky. Or perhaps you've, you thought you had a foundation, but it wasn't sufficient for the ground that you're going through. And you need to come back to Christ the rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. On him there is no marshy land. No sinking sand. May that be your prayer this morning. Or maybe you've come this morning full of faith, wanting to grow, wanting to make a difference not only in your life but in the lives around you. And you want to take on these principles of building and adding to that which Christ has already given you. He's given you a firm foundation. He's given you faith and salvation in him. And Apostle Peter says, well, let's cooperate with him now. Let's put legs on that. Let's build on that. Let's add to that a structure that is not only going to be strong and long-lasting. Get this, it's going to be beautiful. And others around you are going to look at it and go, wow, what a life you have. And you'll be able to say to them, that's because I've got an investor who loves me. He's put his power in me. He's promised me to grow and he's given me a hope for the future. And as I cooperate with him and as I daily walk with him, I add these things that he wants me to have in my life. And those beautiful architraves and windows just make you look attractive to other people. And that's the life that he has and desires for each and every one of us. I'm going to invite the musicians up. We're going to sing a, a well-known song that we sing quite often. It says, I'll build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. But before we, we sing that, can we stand? And can we just close our eyes and just be in a in a in a position in a desire to listen to to the spirit speaking to us you know as I was praying this morning I was I really got a sense that the Lord wanted to stir up faith is the Lord stirring up faith in your life right now, in your heart as you listen to the word, as you perhaps look at your life and where you want to be, perhaps you feel like you're leaning, perhaps you feel like you're 
you're not beautiful, you're not strong, would you come back to Jesus Christ, the rock, and be reminded that he has given you everything you need? Everything. And that maybe one or two of you, you're yet to say yes to him. Would you just right now, in your heart, say, Lord Jesus, I've lived my life for myself. Or perhaps I once knew you, but I've, I've drifted away. Lord, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you gave up your life on the cross for me to forgive me to bring me into right relationship with you and that through faith in you, Jesus, I can receive the gift of salvation and I can stand on that solid rock that is not going to be blown away or not going to lean over. And for perhaps for some of us, Lord, I want my life to be beautiful. I want my life to be long-lasting. I want my life to be strong. I don't want to just sit under a tree and ask for your blessings, but I want to move forward. I want to grow. I want to make a difference. I want my life to count for something. I want to add to what you've done and I want to cooperate with you. Lord, help me open up my eyes, stir faith in my heart right now that I might look to you that you would transform me from the inside out, that I would take those checks, those promises that you've given me and I'd take them to the bank and I'd cash them in and I'd say, Lord, do your work in me. The power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and is able to do imagine immensely more than we can even ask or imagine. So, Lord, right now would you build upon the foundation of Jesus in our lives. May we leave this place stirred up, encouraged, built up, knowing that following you, we can make a difference in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you were someone this morning who for the first time wanted to make a difference and say yes to Jesus in your life. Can I encourage you to, to speak to someone so that we can pray for you and we can resource you? Uh, if you're someone who's coming back, perhaps, maybe you've, you've wandered off and you're coming back, can you do the same thing? That'd be great. Let's continue to be in this moment and ask the Lord to minister to us. Use this time now for, for the Lord, for the Spirit to stir faith in this place that we'd stand firm. Let's do that.
team. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, welcomers, uh, AV team, uh, children's church leaders, um, those on hospitality as well. Just thank you for what you've uh, done and contributed to today. I mostly thank God for being uh, part of our time this morning. Um, always look for a takeaway each week as I listen to the message. And I think for me this week, it's um, just really uh, understanding uh, the power and the promise. Um, but that spiritual growth is all about making an effort. Uh, but it's not like effort that's just about me, that I think as I take a step and I make an effort, that's where God rushes in and actually gets to work and helps uh, strengthens, helps me to learn and grow. So that, that was my takeaway. Sam, um, thanks for the challenge too. Like if you're here today or watching online and you actually uh, don't have Christ as a foundation in your life and that's that's something that you want to understand or are longing for, uh, I just add to Sam's encouragement to talk to someone today. Uh, if you're online and you want to reach out, there's a point of connection that will come up on, on the screen. Uh, we have people in the prayer room. Go and have a chat with them and say, I just want to know something about this or I'm really yearning to know God. Or if you've got a trusted Christian friend, I just challenge and encourage you to have that conversation today. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, all for our sort of formal time this morning. There's an opportunity to stick around for a while for a chat, a cup of coffee or tea. Um, obviously, if you need prayer as well for anything, please step into the room and there's people that will want to be with you and pray through any issue. Uh, my prayer is that we are to lay hold of uh, what God's spoken to us about throughout the service today as we go through the week and we just might uh, make an impact in our community and just be encouraged through our walk with the Lord. So, yeah, thanks for being a part today. God bless you all.